Well, shall we get started here, gentlemen? Yep. Talk some uh, X-Men. Were they even calling it X-Men the Dark Phoenix? All I ever saw it called was the Dark or Dark Phoenix. I think yeah, yeah, they're just calling it Dark Phoenix. They just went with the mono. With an X mono in name. the Phoenix. They circled the X to make sure you knew it was X-Men still. Yeah, but if you just oh, yeah. saw the name like Dark Phoenix, you if you didn't know... No one was going to tell you that it was That explains movie. the box office so well, much. And <laughs> Rotten Tomato score, and then there's just the actual audience well, I was happy review. about the Rotten Tomato score, and we'll get into that later. Okay. Damn, I totally did a bet on the Rotten Tomato score. At the time, there was no score, but I was still pretty confident. And I was... We'll talk about that later, though. Overly confident. Hey, you can be our new guy when it comes to the to- Rotten Tomatoes. All right, well, let's get this show started here. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Movies and Brews, where we talk movies. And we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and sitting across from me here is Daniel. Hello, hello. And today we have got a guest. Connor is back. Howdy. You might remember him from such episodes as Hellboy and Endgame. So yeah, today we are talking the new X-Men movie, Dark Phoenix. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and... Actually, grab multiple drinks. Yeah. We're all going to mourn together. Cheers. 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 Quick movie news. I was talking about We'll talk about what we're drinking here first. All right. So yeah. let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, gosh. I apologize if we complain a lot about how hot we are. The AC has gone out in my house, and it's a little toasty in here. I think we're up little, to little, I want to pull a Bert Kreischer and just take my shirt off and show everybody my fat ass. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Should we live cast this episode? No. <laughs> yeah, it's hot in here. I'm just going to get that. Got a fan. And we apologize, too. We have a fan blowing below the table trying to cool us off a little bit. So, yeah, we apologize. There's a fan noise in the background. Our AC's broken. It's 80, so bear oh. with us. All right, so, Danny, what did you bring for Drink and Tell today? All right, so this week I was very excited because I brought uh, a beer from Revision Brewing Company called Northeast or <laughs> Mindful Fermentation is what it's called, and it's real good. Like I'm not trying to overhype this, but I had this beer for the first time a few months ago. I'm like, this is probably one of the best tasting beers I've ever had, <sighs> and it, it is tasty. But it's been out of stock for like months, and I just recently saw somebody stock a few of them, so I picked up a couple for the show. That is tasty, yes. Mm, that's good. Okay, well, Daniel, thanks for bringing this in. It is quite tasty, and I will enjoy it while we talk some Dark Phoenix. Before we do that, though, let's talk about some movie news. Daniel, take it away. All right, so this week in movie news, got a couple... Okay, maybe just one trailer. Thought I had a couple. Uh, a new Brad Pitt movie called Ad Astra. Um, and actually, Connor saw this in theaters, but it uh, looks like kind of like a sci-fi-based movie. I don't really like know what it's really about. It just showed like a spaceship blowing up, and then Brad Pitt gets sent into space to try and find his father. So it's a very short trailer, very, very teaser-esque, but it looks interesting. And, you know, I haven't seen Brad Pitt starring in anything in a minute, it feels like, besides, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming out here pretty soon. I think his, uh, the thing was his dad was on a mission to, like, test this, like, whatever material that was super reactive and super high-powered. 
And then, like, they get, like, a weird power surge on Earth. And they were like, uh-oh, something must be going wrong. You, we need you to go find him now. Oh, okay. So, that's what it's about. Spot on. So, uh, that looked interesting. That was really the only new notable trailer that I saw this week. And then, next is the Aladdin remake. Box office has passed the original. With the original box <sighs> office... $504 million. And the live action box office is $604.9 million. Wow. So it's already $100 million <coughs> over. So that's pretty crazy. I mean, it's doing well. People are enjoying it. Three, four times the ticket price, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, regarded for inflation. All right. And. There is... Uh, blah, blah, sorry. <coughs> Next, I have uh, director Josh Cooley, who is the director for Toy Story 4, revealed that there will be a reference to every Pixar movie in Toy Story 4 in some way, shape, or form. Really? Yep. Every so single Pixar movie. Keep an eye out for Easter eggs. Yeah. That's they're, crazy. They're talking about... That would be a cool game to play with your friends. Like, try and spot... Like, have a, yeah, have a check-off sheet of all the movies and try to... <laughs> like, like a bingo board? Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, apparently they said a lot of it is in the antique uh, store scenes because they have like they can just put anything they want in an antique store. That makes sense. Well, I've already saw in the trailer the tin toy from one of their shorts. Right. Mm. Saw that. Hopefully they don't bring back the creepy baby. I hope oh, not. Oh god. I mean, what else have I seen? <laughs> what I saw poster wise, I saw another poster for Chucky. And he was cooking Slinky on a stick over a fire. Oh, my. <laughs> that is the best anti-marketing campaign. It's it's incredible. There was one more, and I can't remember. So we, there's him walking past Woody Doll laying on the ground with his arm dislocated and him walking by with the knife. Yeah. The Slinky one. God, there was one more. Oh, it was Buzz Lightyear. It was yeah, Buzz Lightyear in pieces, basically, and Chucky holding his space laser gun at him. That's, That's awesome. That's pretty funny. So yeah, good good campaign marketing for that one, I think. For real. Um, next, I have the announcement that John Cena joins the cast of Fast and the Furious 9. Really? So that's hmm. interesting, but also makes totally sense and on brand for the Fast and the Furious. I've only seen the first six, which is still most of them. But, you know, like, I was thinking about, like... More than I've seen. They probably, like, Fast and Furious franchise probably has, like, the biggest growing cast of, like, any movie franchise I've ever seen. Yeah. Besides big maybe the Marvel cast. movie. Yeah, big name cast. Like, they've had Gal Gadot. They have The Rock. I mean, Vin Diesel, obviously. Yeah. They had Charlie Theron. Now they have Idris Elba. Like, they have a ton of big name people in the Fast and Furious franchise. And while I don't know if John Cena technically qualifies as big name yet, I mean, he's definitely recognizable yeah i mean i think he's a household name at this point yeah i think he counts all right and then yeah the maybe between now and the ninth release i'll finally catch up and watch them all i've only seen like maybe two of them ever yeah i've seen i was house sitting with my girlfriend and uh the people i was house sitting with owned every single one of them so i watched all like six or sorry i think i skipped the first three because i had seen those all so i started with four and i watched four through six so I'm still missing a couple. I've seen all of them. I love them. I think they're good fun. Yeah, they're, they're corny and they're cheesy and they're over the top. And it's like, can you even really do that with a car? No, probably not. But it's cool. <laughs> or a submarine. Or or any <laughs> or any vehicle that they use ever. Yeah, anything <laughs> right. they get behind the wheel of. 
Yeah, exactly. Can a tank fly through the air like that and get airborne? I don't think so. And then uh, I have a rumor stating for the MCU, Fantastic Four movie rumored to be released in 2020 with a director attached already. Go in production or released? Released. 2022. Sorry, did I say 2020? Yeah, it's a 2020. My bad. Uh, re- release date 2022 with director Peyton Reed rumored to be attached, who and he's who directed the Ant-Man movies. Okay. Hmm. So it seems a lot sooner than you would think after the Fox merger. Yeah, I think but- like next year. I'm like, what? That sounds rushed as hell. Yeah, that would be. And I was like, what? Yeah. There's no way they kept it under wraps this long. No, but it, yeah, it would so- be like done filming in pre-production or post-production right now. Right. So, yeah, it still seems really soon. Like, I mean, the Fox merger just went through earlier this year, like in a, like the last couple months. But they've already rumored that that's going to be probably one of the first movies they release with the Fox characters that they reacquired. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like what? Marvel's founding family? Yep. And then also gives you plenty of, gives you more people for Spider-Man to cross over with. Being as the Spider-Man number one had the Fantastic Four on the cover. True that. All right. And then the last thing I had on the docket was a new Wonder Woman poster came out. Wonder Woman 1984. Very cool. We posted a picture of that on our Instagram. I just think it's sweet looking poster. I love the colors. I love how bright it is. And it like, I love how it makes a W with like kind of like an acid bleed color scheme. Yeah. I thought that looked pretty cool. Nice little teaser poster. Look like she's wearing this like old gold suit. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's got new armor too. That's what it looks like. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool looking. So uh, that's all I got for movie news this week. All right. Well, thanks for sharing. Well, why don't we talk about other things we've seen this week in our weekly look back. I've got three films to talk about. I know you and I share one. Right. Oh, yeah. I guess technically I have three, too. So why don't we start with the one we saw last week together, Saving Private Ryan. (laughs) Yeah. Love that movie. (laughs) <laughs> it's good yeah so like we we were fortunate enough there was a theater around here playing it so daniel and i went i think it was actually on the eve of d-day the you know because it was the next day i had never seen this movie before but i'm glad i saw it in theaters because it would not have been the same it was traumatic and gave me an existential crisis of just how insane like thinking of like how big of a scale that whole war was yeah no they they do good and like kind of just it's not just like a quick like here's a five ten minute battle here here's a five minute ten minute battle here i mean when they drop onto the shores of normandy i mean that scene goes on and on and on i mean it's like 30 40 minutes and I mean, there's hardly hitting the fan pretty much the whole time like literally <laughs> right out of the gates like there's no real build-up like they do like a quick one to two minute build-up of them just sitting in the boat before they hit door goes down half of them just die immediately like it just starts yeah the second that door drops boom we're in the middle of it yeah and that scene went on for like you said like the opening scene and the end battle both are like half an hour segments of the movie like they're not quick they're drawn out long battles yeah yeah i saw that movie recently i think back in february but yeah it was amazing to see i haven't seen this on the big screen since it came out in 1998 and oh it's insane it's such a good well-made movie yeah i mean it really is a masterpiece and the cast is great it holds up like crazy it holds up good the just the direction the sound editing is just insane bolts Mm -hmm. especially in the theater just hearing the bolts flying all over you consistently yeah 
Like you wouldn't even come close to that, even with really good surround sound in a home. Yeah, yeah. they did a really good job with the stereo mixing on that. Oh, it was insane. I don't know. This is just a crazy movie. Would I used recommend to watch that all the time growing up with my cousins. Like, nice. Yeah, the only the most realistic war movie I'd ever seen before that was probably Black Hawk Down, which is also intense. But when you think about how it's like a much smaller scale war, mm-hmm. and like this is just huge. And, yeah, another uh, favorite. I think my top three are Apocalypse Now, Black Hawk Down, and Saving Private Ryan. I don't think I've seen Apocalypse Now yet. What? That's a must. It's a must see. Well, well I'm supposed to assign him a movie later. Maybe I'll assign him Apocalypse Now. Around. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, that's, yeah. I, I don't know. Damn, I was just Daniels. listening to the, uh, the soundtrack today, actually. Oh, right? Yeah. Nice. I love this soundtrack. Nice. All right, cool. But yes, Saving Private Ryan, love it. If you have not seen Saving Private Ryan, even if you can't check in the theaters, watch Saving Private Ryan. I mean, it's it's just good, and it's a great reminder of what the people sacrificed that day and just in that time. Yeah. So, yeah, good reminder of all that. All right, well, moving on here. I know you've got another one. I've got two more. All right. So, do I, do I want... Yeah, why don't you go first? Okay, so the first thing I watched was a documentary on Amazon Prime called Chasing Happiness. And it's an Amazon documentary about the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> and so, cards on the table. Jonas Brothers are like one of my guilty guilty pleasure bands currently. They just started, put out a new album. So I've been listening to that. Yeah, this is a be-all, end-all for me. Goodbye, world. <laughs> nope. But so, Connor, you want to be my new co-host? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that's what's happening. Anyway, so the Jonas Brothers, you know, documentary was actually pretty interesting because, I mean, <laughs> as far as there's so much judgment going on right now. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're I, talking about. I will admit that the single they put out a while ago or whatever, when they're their big comeback single, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I when know. I found out it was the Jonas Brothers, I was a little pissed, but deal with it yeah so the doc was actually start like you go through their whole life and they have a lot of footage from like their early life too which i was kind of surprised about but birthday party home footage yeah like all of that happy parents well i guess it helps because their dad was their manager has been their manager for the entire career so he's just oh really so they have all of that but it's really interesting because and i like i want a piece of this yeah whenever i well actually he's like um, he almost sank the family funding their music. He spent $90,000 out of their fi- family savings to help them put, promote their band. Well, it paid and they off. All went, they were, all went under. He got fired from his job at a church because they were not a religious band, so they kicked him out of the church, <laughs> took away their house. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was crazy. It's not like he was raising a household of Merlin Manson's like what the heck no it was literally just because they had a tight-knit community they weren't a Christian band they're making secular music and the house came with the the job so the the church kicked him out of the being the pastor so they lost their house so they all had to pack up and move wow it's crazy it's going a little too far I I would think so yeah churches are hardcore political man it's it's crazy yeah but all in all pretty interesting learned a lot of stuff that i didn't know like they were actually a band before disney got a hold of them and didn't really ever think about that but i don't know it was just very interesting to me if you don't if you hate the jones brothers it's not going to make you like them probably 
Maybe it'll give you a little insight to how they got to where they are, and maybe you'll have a little bit better appreciation for them. Yeah. I mean, they just... I mean, that's a risk. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It's cool. Well, and it's on Amazon Prime right now for yep. folks that have it? I think it was Amazon Prime that made, made it. Okay. Oh. Well, cool. Okay. All right. Did, did you have something you, you've seen the last week? Book you've read? Anything that you want to recommend uh, to anybody? TV not show? in the last week, but a couple weeks ago. I sure. um, was super bored sitting at home, and I've pretty much watched everything on Netflix. So I watched Natural Unicorn Store because that kept coming up. Okay. As a recommendation for some yeah. reason. Brie Larson show, yep. I believe. Brie Larson is a movie. Now, did she produce that or just star in it? I have no idea. I wasn't paying attention to the details because <laughs> I did not think I was even ever going to watch it. But then apparently I got bored enough and it turned out to actually be pretty good. It was actually kind of a lot of fun to watch. Okay. All right. Pretty good or better than expected? It was better than expected. Okay. I was expecting <laughs> something. Well, there's like, a difference. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, both. It was, it was better than expected, and it turned out to be pretty good. It's kind of like, yeah, for, especially for Netflix, maybe it's kind of a crap Like Sometimes they're really good, but also sometimes they're just yeah, real cheesy. They're just pushing stuff out. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was kind of corny, but it was like just a, a fun, kind of feel-good, fun movie to watch with like an interesting concept. Oh, a, oh, I thought it was a miniseries. It's a movie? Yeah, it's just a movie. Oh, okay. I thought I it was a like, uh, I thought it was a miniseries. Well, it's like sure. an hour, 45 minutes, so it's not like it. Okay. Huge time kill. Yeah, I you don't get invested. I see it pop up. I might click play. We'll see. Yeah, I mean it's just to see what it's all about. It's I a feel, feel I feel good. Like corny, I corny still, feel good. I still haven't watched Bird Box, so I feel like I still got to watch that first. I haven't seen that either. I don't know. The way I've heard people describe Bird Box, I'm like, oh, I saw a Quiet Place already. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then well, it's kind of funny too. Like it was all the rage for like a month, and then. Nobody talks about it now. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It went viral. The viral, like like anything that goes viral, it putters out, and then you never hear about it again. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just like where it was strongest was in its meme game because everyone was just posting. Yeah. And memes get recycled like one month lifespan yep. <laughs> of a meme, and then it's on to the next thing. Yeah. We'll see it come up like maybe a few drops here and there over the next like two years. Someone will bring it back from the graveyard for a second. We'll see. Probably. Yeah, I'll, uh-huh. I don't know. I, uh, I'll watch it eventually. We'll see. Well, thank you for sharing with the, with us about that. Yeah. So, saw another movie here. Local theater here was playing an old classic from 1951 called The Day the Earth Stood Still. So, The Day the Earth Stood Still, the story of that is, an alien lands and tells the people of Earth that they must live peacefully or be destroyed as a danger to other planets. Is the premise of that? I, I feel like just hearing just hearing the premise, I'm just like so. I feel like the as a world, we're just like okay, how do we kill the aliens? <laughs> well, I, I think the idea behind it really is like aliens have been spying on Earth. Discover, you know, they watch the ends of World War II and discover that uh, we have nuclear power, and basically they come down to Earth and say. All right, you do ever try any of that on us, and we are gonna fucking destroy you. Okay, you big dumb apes, hand us the hand us the gun. I don't know. I, didn't that get remade with Keanu Reeves? Yes. Okay. I saw that, and I barely remember anything because it was so forgettable. That's uh, that's what I remember. I just remember being <laughs> bored, and just it was so forgettable. But it was interesting to go see this, you know, old classic black and white movie in theaters. Right. It was I've never, fun. I've never seen, like, an old, like, 1950s sci-fi movie before. Yeah. It was one of the first movies to have not composed, like, opera kind of music in the background, to have actually, like, 
you know, electronic sounds and stuff in it, like from the score. So that was cool. So cool. directed by Robert Wise, writer, uh, written by Edmund H. North. He did the screenplay, and I believe it's based on a book by Harry Bates, starring Michael Rennie. Master Bates. Patricia Neal. Hugh Marlowe. And a bunch of other people that no one's heard of because I don't think anybody over... Because they're dead. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but overall, pretty interesting. There was a couple, some corny parts to it for sure. But it, it was overall interesting story to watch unfold. So yeah, the alien guy... This, here, I'll just tell you about some humorous parts in it. Okay. And you definitely tell times have changed. So the alien guy comes out of the ship. The thing you see in all the posters is this robot. So he's got a robot friend that's like seven feet tall. Right. That just kind of stands there shooting a laser every once in a while at somebody. Like He shoots it at like military guns and has the guns just like disappear. Like danger, Will Robinson. Kind of. <laughs> okay. So this is pretty funny. The alien guy is just randomly walks into a house. There's a, fa- a family in there. And they're, you know, first they're like, who are you? And kind of just doesn't say he's an alien, but he just, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, cool. Well, hey, um, you want to st- stick around, stay with us? Hey, we'll get you. We got a guest room upstairs. We'll set you up upstairs, you know, and <laughs> you can stay the night. Then the next day, parents are all going everywhere, and they got a little, uh, like, 10-year-old boy, and, oh, who's going to watch, you know, Maddie or whatever? And, like, hey, stranger we just met last night. They still don't know anything about, you want to watch my son for the day? Oh, sure. All right. Well, that was the Perfect. 50s. Things were different <laughs> back in the 50s. You can trust people. But it was, <laughs> it was just crazy how, you like, trust aliens with robots. stranger that walked into our house, they're like, hey, stay the night, stay upstairs. Oh, you want to watch my son? Sure, go ahead. And what was also crazy was how obedient and polite this kid was to adults. He was just the most sweetest, politest boy you ever saw. Yeah, that's probably the biggest change. And <laughs> I was like, you know, respected authority and everything like that. And I'm like, man, Back man, oh, days. man, oh, man. So that was pretty funny. Then another funny part was, so, you know, alien saucer lands in the middle of Washington, D.C., and, you know, they've got to protect it. They don't want just anybody walking up to us. They build, like, a little miniature wall around it. And it's only guarded by two guards. Mm-hmm. Spaceship lands on Earth, and only two guards are going to uh, protect it. Wow. It's like Godzilla. We're like, oh, you got these top-secret facilities housing these gigantic monsters? I feel like you need more people if ten people can come in and take the whole facility. <laughs> That's like, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun to watch. I mean, I'm glad I finally saw this movie. I forget if it's on AFI's Top 100 or not, but it was a good one to check off the list, the original Day There Sits Still. Right. And I would still recommend this one over the Keanu Reeves one. Again, I mean, Keanu I Reeves is a national treasure, but so is Tom Cruise, and he made what? The other, I can't remember. The Spielberg one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, War of the World? War I, of I the World. I still never saw that, so I can't judge that one. Yeah, it's not great. No. It's not great. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well. Daniel, what's your next one? The next one is uh, since I think it was last week that the Ford versus Ferrari trailer dropped. And I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. Like, I like uh, I like all the actors that they got. This sounds like an interesting story. And then a few days later, I was on Amazon Prime and they had a documentary about that whole thing called the 24-hour war and so i just sat down watched i think it was like over two hours so it was a pretty lengthy documentary but it was super cool and very interesting about how ferrari and ford just like started going at it because 
essentially this whole drama dropped because Ford was trying to buy Ferrari and Ferrari's like, yeah, okay, well, we'll consider it because he, all he wants, all Ferrari wants to do is race cars. He wants to make lean, mean racing cars. And then Ford tries to buy them and tells them that they're going to tell them what races they can and can't do. And essentially, and Ferrari was just like, you're going to try and tell me how I can race my cars in my country. Then he's like, no, screw this. I'm out. And then Ford got offended. And so that, started the war of like well we're gonna make a, a leaner meaner car to beat ferrari at his own game and that's essentially the what it all boils down to but it was super cool super interesting story so the is this one the mo- gt is this one more yeah. company versus company because the movie christian bale plays an actual like race car driver from back in the day right right, right. and yeah. from what i see like the characters that they introduced like uh shelby and the racer though those guys were all mentioned as key players in the documentary, which also it was produced by Adam Carolla. I don't know yeah. if I told you about that. Yeah, he he's really big into racing. He, I mean, he races himself too. Yeah, he's got some cool videos too. There's one that I love watching of him uh, test driving around uh, a track, a uh, Porsche 935. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Nice. So I don't know. It's very interesting, especially if you're like that. That trailer sparked your interest. Like it's a really great documentary, well made, very interesting. It just moves, and I don't know. I loved it. I had a great time. I. I remember texting him like, "Dude, you got to watch this. You've got to watch this." Well, I, yeah, I, I do. I do want to check one. it out. It sounds like it'd be definitely a good watch here. Actually, you might put it on my list for the next couple weeks. Yeah, you saw it on Netflix. You said no, it's on Prime. Prime. Okay, I will have to I'll check have to that out. Watch. Yeah, there's also great. there's a documentary about Paul Newman that I really want to watch too in his racing life because I don't know if you, any of you knew this, but Paul Newman used to do a lot of racing. I did not. And another Corolla production, actually. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I'd like to check that one out, too. All right, so, last movie here. I saw a little documentary myself called Behind the Curve. Streaming on Netflix right now. Directed by Daniel J. Clark. Behind the Curve, in a nutshell, meet Flat Earthers, a small but growing contingent of people who firmly believe in a conspiracy to suppress the truth that the Earth is flat. Yeah, I've heard about that. I think I watched like the last half an hour once. <laughs> I think I watched that one. Yeah, I you think, did watch that one. I yeah, think yeah, I, think I, I walked did. in. And, Is hey, that the one where they disprove themselves? Uh, not necessarily disprove themselves, but I mean, so I watched this. I've never seen it before. I thought it was actually pretty interesting to kind of like see things from their perspective. There's two main ones you follow. You follow um, Mark Sargent, as right. well as uh, what is that gal's name? There's a gal in there, Patricia Steer. So you, those are the two main ones that you kind of yeah, follow. Is that, I think that was the same one that I saw. Is it the one where they had the gyroscope and then like it it ended up proving that the Earth was round and then they they put it in like a like a zero atmosphere chamber to try to like eliminate the laser one. Yeah, yeah, the la- yeah, yeah laser gyroscope. Yeah, and then they yeah, end yeah, up yeah. still proving that the Earth is round and they're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, they're 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 constantly trying to like you know because they think they think. We're being lied to. We are right. being lied to. The Earth is flat, and it's actually kind of interesting because I always wondered like what the flat Earth looks like in their minds. So I pull up a picture here, and this is kind of what it looks like in their minds, where right. Antarctica basically goes all the way ice all the way around the outer perimeter, and then everything else in the center, and the Moon and the Sun basically are just on a like turn system, just cranking around in circles. Yeah. Yeah, I Very mean, interesting. Yeah. that does not make any sort of sense, especially like, especially in this day and age with SpaceX, you know, like, 
and Elon Musk is doing now, like, I mean, they're super expensive, but, you know, like, commercial flights to space, if the Earth was flat and pe- they wanted people not to know that, the government would have shut that the hell down before he's actually, he's already Unless sent people into space. Unless he's part of it. Unless, Unless he's, they're all part, part of, of it. it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting... Just buying into it, man. It, it's kind of funny because I didn't know these people existed until just a couple years ago. I mean, I, I wouldn't even have thought twice that flat earthers existed in this day and age, but yeah. apparently they do. And yeah, it's a small. It was I again. It was kind of just cool to see. It kind of is like a small cult of them. I think it is yeah, maybe starting to get a little bigger. Brother's but. friends is a flat earther. Okay, and it is hilarious to talk to him sometimes. Does he believe in science? Uh, well, that's the thing. They have no. scientists that are helping back him up. Yeah. I mean, no. he doesn't. I don't. He just develops his own weird, wacky opinions on every. But I mean, thing essentially, that's all these people, they don't like authority. They think we're being lied to. Right. Uh, I mean, sounds bad, but yeah. I feel like I feel it's, like this, I feel like that main guy that they kept showing. Like I was under the impression he probably lived with his mother, and it was potentially a forty-something-year-old virgin. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of got that. Conspiracy that theories do not usually work out in the dating department. Yeah, that's why you kind of keep it on the well, low like me. I like. But that's the about thing, them. though, is this is a big enough group. There's a, a big enough group of them that like they're dating each other. They're. I think it's all derivative of like a very contrarian attitude. Like they just want to have an opinion that is maybe maybe they don't even realize it, but like they have that kind of attitude where. Like something's brought to the table, and they just have to have the opposite opinion as everyone else, just yeah. to stand out. And maybe that's yeah, we, we see from, other areas too. I mean, yeah, it's I mean that's all over the place. But maybe that drives the thing is like I'm not gonna ever like you know if I met one of these guys in a bar, I'm not gonna like scream at them and throw them a beer at their head. But yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to talk to them. But I mean, all most people they interviewed in this were very nice people, good down to earth folks. Yeah, just have a little <laughs> bit different beliefs about things. Yeah. But I mean, it was interesting to watch and kind of like open my mind a little bit to what they, how they feel, you know. I, and the documentary does a good job. It's not trying to convince you of anything. It's just showing you something, and then you make up your own mind. Do I want to research this more? Maybe they are right. Who knows? I mean, yeah, I was surprised about it, that. That it wasn't like by the end of it, I was like, okay, they didn't try to like steer me in any wild directions or or anything of that nature. It's just here are the facts. Here are the people. This is what they do. Do what you will with it. Yeah, and they I did. Like I, I'm glad they had cameras following people around too. Otherwise, this could have just been a really, really boring talking head documentary. Yeah. But p- cameras following people around, and they show it. You know, at the end, this whole thing ends with them going to this like I guess first big event for flat earthers. Yeah, like their big kinda, meetup kind yeah. of deal. But I don't know. It was interesting. It's streaming on Netflix right now. I would say check it out. I might check it out. I know I've watched like the last thirty minutes. <laughs> just because that's what you, you were watching. You just day. might, yeah. you just might get assigned yeah. it. Who knows? By the end of this episode, who knows? I mean, I'd probably watch that on my own anyway. So, <laughs> good to know. Well, All right. Well, why don't we switch gears here and get talk about our main event? Because I think we are already about thirty minutes in. Jesus. Well, let's talk some Dark Phoenix. Are you guys ready for this? No. All right. So <laughs> we have Dark Phoenix, written directed by Simon Kinberg. And I'm just going to, I'll give you the nutshell and a little synopsis here. You guys ready? Go ahead. Let's hear it. After a trip to space, followed by a heavy night of drinking, Jean Grey begins to develop some incredible powers that corrupt her, turning her into the same dark, 
comma. Thing we saw back in 2006 that we thought couldn't be told any worse, but then writer-director Simon Kinger came along and said, hold my beer, and managed to do just that. Are you kidding? You're going to have the same guy that wrote the original bad version and X-Men Apocalypse and 2015's Fantastic Four not only write but also direct this as his directorial debut? Are you kidding me? At least we still have the 90s cartoon version to enjoy because I have a feeling that even if the MCU tries to reboot the story in a few years, we'll be so tired of hearing about it by then that it just we won't even care. Comma. Phoenix. Will Professor Bald and his team that hasn't aged since the 70s, led by the annoying J-Law, be enough to stop her? We'll find out. First thing is, holy fuck, that's the same guy? Same guy. Same guy you fucked it up the first time? Jesus. Yep. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that either. Fox, what the hell? I know I don't have... I mean, this guy's got a pretty big list of screenplays he's written he's written at least like right. 22 or so movies that have been put he's got a good rap sheet but yeah i mean he did mr and mrs smith it's just I mean, that. Not, it's a, a lot of them sheet. aren't that good though because like he did triple x2 let's be fair that movie was garbage oh i think i've ever seen mr. And mrs smith <laughs> it was last stand jumper sherlock holmes the first one this huh? means war now he did get lightning in a bottle one time he did he did write the screenplay for days of future past yeah but was it heavily like re-edited that's what no. I want to know. But then, how much outside went off and did there? Fantastic Four stick with, uh, you know, we know that one. Did, I, did, I, did you ever see that one? The most recent one? Yeah. Yeah, it was not great. Okay. It, it I never saw it because it, it, like, it just looked horrible. It made no impression in my head whatsoever. Daniel, did you see that one? Yep, I saw it. I sat, oh, sorry, I sat through it. Dang. <laughs> I was going to say, because Daniel hadn't seen it, that might be what I assigned him today. No, thank God I've seen it, because I would not... Well, actually, not thank God. It's just... Never and mind. he also wrote Me- X-Men Apocalypse, which I didn't think was all that great. No, that was Especially bad. from a follow-up to uh, another, Days of Future Past. Yeah, another movie making zero impression on my life whatsoever. So, yeah! So, Dark Phoenix. As far as the X-Men universe goes, back in 2000, I, mean, I was in high school when the first one came out, and I loved it. Uh, it wasn't a perfect movie. I could see that even back at age 16, but I loved it still. And then X3, or excuse me, X2 came out later, three years later. And I really, really liked that one. I mean, I, I thought X2 was better. It stood on the shoulders of X1 and was a phenomenal film, in my opinion, especially superhero film. I mean, Striker was great. Just the action scenes were awesome. Humor mixed, sprinkled out throughout. Just everything about that movie, I just, I loved. Yeah. Then. We tried to tell the Dark Phoenix story with X3, and that's when just things went downhill from there. Because yeah, then they tried, I mean, then they're like, well, we don't, we don't, we killed off characters, and now we got to go into, we can't really go into a number f- X Men 4. Eh, we'll just tell somebody's origin story. Well, we'll, everybody loves Wolverine, so we'll tell his first. And then right. that didn't work. Which, okay, I guess that's arguably, for me, probably the worst one out of all the X Men movies. Yeah, it was I haven't not seen my it in favorite. so long that I have to see it again, because. If it's anything, I, I just can't imagine it being worse than what we just saw. I just remember me being a, a, a young, dumb kid. I think X-Men 3 was the first movie that I was just sitting there just like, okay, I'm in the movie. I've got candy. I've got popcorn. Why am I not enjoying myself? <laughs> <laughs> like, this has never happened before. I even liked Spider-Man 3 when I saw it for the first time. Oh, God. <laughs> Why? That's because you didn't get licorice. Apparently, but I just remember that being like, okay, this isn't that good, is it? Like, there's some things that I like in it, but it's not that good. Yeah, it's one of those movies, yeah, no, great like, moments, I, but... I've got a, 
unpopular opinion of not terribly enjoying Wolverine or his character all that much. Like, he's there. It's a pretty he's unpopular all right. opinion because Wolverine's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty unpopular, and I'm aware of that. Get out. <laughs> no. Your podcasting license has been revoked. No. I don't know, this new one, I didn't have super high expectations going in. The trailers looked pretty trash for the most part. They'd, actually, the trailers did get better as the more they released. So I was like, well, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But I, I don't know, it just, I still wasn't yeah. stoked. And it was, it was a letdown. This movie was definitely a letdown. Yeah, the trailers didn't give like a lot of insight as to what actually was going to be going on in the film. I felt pretty um, unprepared for what was going to happen, which mm-hmm. was almost nothing, but yeah. um, like even still, I was excited to see it, because I was like, alright, cool, another X-Men movie, maybe they'll introduce some characters with new, some powers we haven't seen movies. yet, yeah. that's always yeah, one of my it, favorite parts of the X-Men In general, X-Men I'm a big fan is, of this universe, I love the X-Men universe y- Yeah, right. it's fantastic, love the cartoon it's, growing up in the 90s, it's the whole concept super cool, but then you'd get into this film and there just wasn't Dude, enough I, of anything. It was dull. Man, I just don't even understand how they could fuck it up again this badly. Again. Well, and now yeah. I see why it was so similar. Like, let's show Jean Grey as a child, which is fine. But then, like, let's go back to her house and a battle breaks out outside her childhood home again. Now right. I see why. Same writer. <laughs> yeah, he was just telling the same story over again. Oh, with... yeah. I Yeah. And at least, at least Wolverine, you know, in gang were around for that and actually had a cool battle in the first one outside of her house like right. Wolverine and uh, Juggernaut going at it at least we got some co- that was cool oh yeah Juggernaut was in the third one that was cool I mean at least we yeah. saw him in Deadpool too, but we haven't seen him in a while I liked his Deadpool version a lot better but yeah he was a lot bigger <laughs> a lot yeah bigger. I like both versions of Juggernaut I think they're both cool in their Do different you know ways who I am I'm the Juggernaut bitch yeah I liked yeah I think they cast Juggernaut really well in the original series, but in Deadpool, he was a little bit more to comic book standard. Yeah, it's just, man. There's so much to say about this movie and not a lot of good things. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. I'm, I'm let, let, let underwhelmed. Let yeah, well, like... I guess going into this, for me, like, I was just like, okay, like, I was under... Like, the first trailer was bad. Second trailer was better, but I'm like, okay, I mean, but I was kind of nervous because X-Men Apocalypse, that was very bad. I did not like that one at all, but the other, but the other two with first class was awesome. And, uh, what was it? Days of Future Past was also awesome. And it sucks from how much good the Days of Future Past did for the entire X-Men franchise, the original, like the original ones and the new ones. It did so much good. It retconned all the bad stuff from the third one, and then he let the same fucking guy fuck it up again. Exactly right. And again, yeah, the only like other like second chance. The only other directing credit he oh. has is he did an episode of the new Twilight Zone, the Jordan Peele Twilight. But other, but otherwise, this movie was he directed like I want to say two years ago. Almost. I mean, this thing has been development hell for a while. It's been delayed, delayed, delayed. Yeah, because Disney didn't want to release it. I, I think it was fine. Like, let's just put it out there, make whatever money we can get back, and then just call it good. Yeah, and just I, cut our losses. This, oh, my gosh. I just, would have preferred it to just die. Right. And I love... <laughs> right. 
This is one of my likes. I love Michael Fassbender's Magneto so much, and to see—he's yeah, a badass. I to mean, just, just for him to be in a movie that's bad, I just hate it. I mean, his parts were good. I liked his. Anytime he was on screen, I was I was getting into it. I was like, okay, okay, you know, this this is yeah. good. We got Michael Fassbender here. Yeah, it's just, his it, Magneto is just so just sinister. I love it. I love it so, so much. It's just such a damn shame that they misuse almost all of these great characters in just the most horrendous ways. Like you know, said Michael Fassbender. Awesome Magneto, but you don't really get to see his whole transformation into the Magneto that we know from the original trilogy. And, you know, like there's a split, but they keep, you know, it's the, like that's one of the best frenemies. And I think like comic books and in like me, like uh, movies is just Professor X and Magneto. And they just to show that they never really quite developed him like that relationship correctly. And they've just completely misused his character. It seems like at least in the last two, I don't know because he's such a great, such a good, good actor, for, especially for this. I yeah. I think they're doing a pretty good job with, I mean, developing Magneto's character and kind of showing the arc of how his well, opinion had, of humanity has changed over time. Like, didn't yeah. didn't he have a family in the second one too, or Apocalypse? Yeah. What is what I'm calling the second one? Yes. I can't remember. It's been a while since I saw Apocalypse. I kind of, I kind of, because I watched Days of Future Past a few weeks ago. I kind of wish I'd watch Apocalypse now. It's not that good, so that's probably why I didn't do it. But I kind of wish, just as far as like these character stories go, right. and or like with the, this particular group, I'm going to say one thing as far as dislikes go. Sophia Turner is Jean Grey doesn't do it for me. I cannot stand her as Jean Grey. Yeah, I mean that didn't break my heart too much. I thought she did okay. Um, I didn't like her in Apocalypse, and I really did not like her in this. Yeah, I mean, I think just the Jennifer Lawrence casting hurts it more than anything else. That's just plain it, annoying. It, well, it is, because, yeah, like, she didn't... Like, when they cast her, she was, like, relatively unknown at that point, and then she just blew up, so at that point, like, it kind of ruins her character arc that she decided, like... Because she doesn't like wearing the makeup, I think. And, like, that's just a whole deal. So they show her more as Jennifer Lawrence than as the mis- like the blue mystique that we know. And that kind of just, like, ruins the character. Just because the, her whole thing is that she prefers, even though she can look and blend into everything, she prefers not to because she knows who she is. She- so it just kind of, like, solely's the character, especially since they make such a big point of it in first class. Right. And maybe, maybe this is a Brian Singer thing, but between first class... Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and now this one. She felt the most badass to me in Days of Future Past. Yes. And maybe that's Absolutely. Dude, dude Brian Singer, who also directed the first two, which, because I thought Rebecca Romaine in the first trilogy, especially the first two, she kicked ass. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was a great mystique. She was fantastic. She was, she was like an assassin. Yeah, and oh, maybe yeah. that's due to Brian Singer, who, did the, who directed the first two. I don't know, but... Even the third one, she was fine. She obviously gets hit by the the, the cure dart, the dart, and uh, loses her powers. Right. But she still kicked ass. Quote unquote, loses her powers. Which I still freaking. Because there's that end scene at the end of the last one where they see her walking through the crowd as the governor or whatever. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah. Is that the end of the third? I thought. And I just, lo- I still. Yeah, I think it's the end of the second one because the second one's where That's the cure dart was, right? Third. Third one. Third one was it? The third one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Whichever one that one was in, at the end of that, it w- they showed the governor or whatever, whoever it was they were holding hostage for a time. Uh, I think that was the second one. I don't know, because the, the, the governor was in the first one. 
So I thought that was like the big thing is they thought she was dead and then like they saw him walking through. No, that's the, the crowd. That's, this is all the first blood. one because the governor really? di- turns into turns. He sells. Um, oh, he turns to goop. Yep, I am. Well. Explode. Yeah, wow. sells okay. like. Well, divine. I send everything I just said though. I know. I almost <laughs> bought. I well, I was at Best Buy today. And I almost bought like the steel book that had the first trilogy with like the Blu-rays, but on my thirty dollars, like. Do they come digital copy? Yes. You didn't buy them? No, I bought the Lego movie instead. Yeah, That's fine. beside the point. Fine. <laughs> First one or second one? Second one. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you can watch it. You have our movies anywhere. Yep. <laughs> nice. Are you contributing to that? Not yet. I don't own any movies. I just gave it to him. <laughs> he has bored money sometimes, so he might just randomly start buying movies, and I'm like, cool. uh, Maybe. Oh, yeah. nice, nice, nice. <laughs> well, I, I think I, I own a total I just had of like six movies. The list. I apologize, audience. Um, yeah, we are. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to Sorry, X-Men. Yeah, it's back to X-Men. <laughs> Sorry, so, yeah. This but yeah, was um, but yeah Back to Jennifer Long. I'm, she was more blue in this than she was in the last one, or probably the last two. And uh, should we just go into spoilers right now? Let's just go into spoilers so we can just say what we really want to so say. So if you really, really want to go see this, fine. Pause go see it. I'd advise you just skip it, but if you really want to, go yeah, see it. You're not going to miss out on much if you just skip it all together. But we're going in the spoilers. The made sure of that. In five, <laughs> four, three, two, one. Spoiler talk. So Jennifer yeah. Lawrence, when she got killed, I thought she was kind of happy. Yeah. Well, at Gen- first, sorry, I'm, I shouldn't say Jennifer Lawrence. Mystique. Raven. Sorry. Yeah, Raven. Like, yeah, she got killed, and I'm like, okay. Like, Jennifer Lawrence obviously doesn't want to be in these movies. She doesn't like the makeup. Like, that's all well-documented. It's my like, good. But also, I'm like, they went so far out of their way in Days of Future Past to connect the two timelines together. Like, this is one continuous timeline. And that was not And an then they test. fucking just kill Mystique. And I'm like, she's... The first three X-Men movies are supposed to be canon for these movies. Right. And, like, what, what the fuck is happening? And they happening? just deleted that. Just, just kidding. LOL. Right. That is the, like, the biggest takeaway from this whole movie is that it completely But after Days of Future Past, I mean, it's supposed to be that the events of the third X3 one. are erased. So we are on a new timeline now leading up to back to the first one. So maybe she does get killed. I don't know. But I, I don't know. I was kind of glad to see her gone, though. But ju- I'll just this whole Raven stuff. Like when she was like commanding the X Men, I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, what happened to Cyclops being the leader? Like overall, Xavier looks over everything, but Cyclops is the leader. Right. And maybe along with Jean Grey is his his second hand. Yeah, they're lady. like co leaders. We, we all know that eventually uh, Mystique was gonna work her way like out into you know onto Magneto's side. So I mean, it makes sense that she would be kind of in the lead role right now because um, they're still kids, really. Well, uh, I guess that's Cyclops. The, and, and that's and another Jean problem Grey. I have with all these uh, early ones is like we start in the 60s, Cuban Missile Crisis, and then 70s with Days of Future Past, 80, early 80s at least with Apocalypse, like 83 because I remember they showed uh, Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. with Apocalypse. They don't actually say when this is one supposed to This could have been a week after Apocalypse for all we know. Right. right. But I mean, there there was some like development and more kids in the school and you know things just, of that nature. So just, time must have passed, but they don't tell us how much time. There's no real indicators. And there's no you know indicators with music, or, at least I can think of with music that said it. Hey, I we're think the, the Quicksilver scenes are like 
especially in the apocalypse when he like the school blows up and he just runs through and I forgot what song's playing, but that's Emin- like Evanescent. Sweet dreams are yeah. made of Yeah, like I think that's really like the biggest song indicator of the time. Uh, okay, and look, while we're talking about Quicksilver, so he was in the movie, and then all of a sudden he just didn't come along with the team. I guess he gets injured, yeah, right? Yeah, he gets injured in the scene outside of Jean Grey's house, and then it's, I guess it's just assumed that he's just injured for the rest of the movie because you don't see yeah, him Yeah, it was like that. a spring But there's no explanation, though. really. <laughs> he just... All of a sudden, it just doesn't come under the last mission of yeah, the movie. He, he like he, trips on a piece of floating wood, and he like hits the ground hard, and pretty just, hard, and like maybe he back. dislocates a shoulder or like twists an ankle or I don't like know, show it, just, show it, so we know why he's gone. Yeah, we have no. There's no explanation outside of he's he's in the battle. He's mid battle with the team. He takes a tumble, and then you never see him again, and that's it. Yeah. There's no explanation. And it's, again, like, that's one of the most disappointing things in this movie is, like, they set up, like, they focus on Quicksilver in, like, uh, I can't remember if he's big in Days of Future Past. He's got the scene in the kitchen. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is Well, they they use him to free Magneto, so, yeah, he has a big part in that. Oh, for some reason, I was thinking that was in first class. No, they used him to free Magneto from okay. the Pentagon. So, yes, that was awesome. Like, he's a good focus in these new movies. And then they set up the arc, realizing that, you know, Magneto's his dad. And especially, they like, definitely hint at that heavily in Apocalypse. And then he doesn't get any of that resolved in this movie. Nope. None of it. No, I don't, like, fuck. I, I don't know. Do they just, like, hey, Simon Kinberg, like, hey, you want to do a movie? Here's some money. Write it, direct it. Just do whatever you want. We're... Whatever you want. I mean, this felt like Ryan Johnson's Last Jedi. Yeah, I mean, like, you have four, three or four movies to, like, connect the canon to, and you just decide to, like, sever almost all of the ties. Yeah, they ignored a ton of stuff. But yeah, they ignore, I mean, like, Raven, or, like, Mystique dying. I'm like, okay, one, the fuck is that? And then yeah. just no more Quicksilver. Like, they don't resolve, they don't resolve anything. It just this movie is out there hanging out, and it's just, it's not like walking out of the movie. It's just like okay, that was like the most pointless movie, one of the most pointless movies I've ever seen. Yeah, especially for one that's supposed to take place in an established universe. Supposedly, but yeah, never does. I'm trying to think of some other like, I mean, because there are some. I'm trying to try. I'm trying to think of positive stuff to talk about. There was some positive. I mean, I did like when they. You know, Jake goes into space. That was kind of cool. Rescuing the astronauts, kind of cool. How she gets the powers was kind of cool, too. Yeah, I liked all of the visual aspects that they tied to the Phoenix's powers. Like, I right. thought it was super cool, like the, the twinkling in her eye and the the cool veining breakage with the light glowing through on her face. And I did like those visuals. Those when she cool. would get worked up, like things around her would get all molecule and start peeling away from the walls. And it was very visually cool when she would get worked up. But that right. was the most interesting part of the movie, in my opinion. Right. <laughs> was, but one thing that, like, that, on the, like, the base of the Phoenix Force... She arguably has the Phoenix Force in Apocalypse because she like bursts out with energy and like it almost looks like a Phoenix, mm-hmm. like when that happens. And then it's just like, no, she, she doesn't have that. It's the space dust that goes inside of her, and that's the Phoenix Force. I'm like, yeah, space dust that's these aliens have been chasing for right. And that was something I did not see that coming. So, an alien race has been chasing this and they're trying to collect it. Right. Led, well, I guess, and we get zero background on these aliens. 
Yeah, the, all just you get a few is words. this this whole yeah. cosmic you, force destroyed our planet, and now we're just following it. Yeah, we get a name of the leader, and maybe if you're like an avid comic what, book what was reader, her name? Vox, Vox or something like that, Rock or Vox, something. Vox. Yeah, lines. something like that. Something weird like that. Played by Jessica Chastain, though. I will say I do admire the lovely Jessica Chastain. Yeah, personal reasons, but. Yeah, it's that she, was that was she's weird. She's kind of a baby. And guess. then later in the movie, oh, they show yeah. like that. W- another thing that I'm just like, why would you even do that? But they show like they go back to the beginning, and she's like, yeah, we were following the Phoenix Force, and they show this gigantic ship right behind the X Men jet. I'm like, so nobody fucking saw that gigantic. That's what I was wondering. How, like, <laughs> right, right? How did like we NASA and everything not notice that? Right, I mean, How they're, that just they're launching a, a ship into space that gets attacked by this, the, the Phoenix Force, and nothing. Like, there's monitors and vision. Like, they're just literally, it's right behind them. If NASA can pick it up, I swear to God, the X-Men should have been able to pick it up. Somebody, but, but, but like, like, nobody. The only thing Unless could, they got cloaking devices that good, but they don't touch on that. No, Even, they don't. That's all you need. Like, one line dialogue. Like, we were cloaked at the time, but we were observing you. And it's like, that's all right. you need to say. Something, Something like that. But it just shows it completely, like, in the open. It's like, so you guys are just hanging out. Nobody saw this gigantic spaceship. Right. Nothing yep. from the astronauts like, uh, Houston, we and have a problem. I'm just gonna... There was no investment in that introduction of those characters no. whatsoever. Man, oh, I should have mentioned this a little earlier, but in the like the case for like this movie, just ignoring all of the established like all of the established canon, especially in the original trilogy, that's technically supposed to just be their future selves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember in X Men Two, Striker is trying to convince like the president, like this. Like, Xavier School, not a normal school. A jet comes out of the basketball court, and he's just like, okay, that's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, come on. We would know, right? In this movie, he just has the fucking president on speed dial. He's like, yes, we're the X-Men. You need help? Perfect. Hangs which, up the phone. I'm like, what? Which, I like that idea, <laughs> but it's not canon. Like No, said. it's just no, like, again. Absolutely out of canon, like... And I'm like, so the we X-Men went... X-Men are supposed to be, like, a well-kept secret. And but... did you notice, in the first movie... The basketball court slides, slides. over, it, and yeah. this one, it's, it folds up. comes up. That's forgivable, I think, but the fact that they just completely ignore the canon of... And instead of being behind the school, it's like way off... To, I don't know. The, the only yeah. thing I could think of, but again, they don't touch on it, is Professor X, using Cerebro, can just wipe the minds of politicians, maybe? Right, that's kind of what I was thinking. Was but the they, point don't, I was they don't make. touch on yeah, it. Yeah, they don't touch on so it at just, all. So they don't say, yeah, they don't do like a monologue with them or anything being like, like, oh, this is bad. I need to do some damage control or anything of that nature. Like he could have just said that like, oh, damage control needed. Just side note. And that would yeah. explain away the one more canonical thing they I know jumped over. And just the like the fact that I'm just like, OK, so mutants were feared. And then, and whatever this takes place in the eighties or whatever, when was this supposed to take place? I don't even know, really, because I thought it was supposed to jump to the nineties, which is, was, would be silly because this cast never ages. Right. So, yeah, I'm just gonna assume late eighties. I'm just gonna assume eighties <laughs> still. Yeah, they didn't really touch on. It. I mean, again, this could have taken place just late eighties. So, so we're going 90s. from we mutants know. being completely feared to like, yeah, we're all cu- cool with mutants. Fuck yeah, this is awesome. To yeah, there's one a of them just like one of them's going running. crazy. So they're like, all right, we're talking about internment camps immediately. And I'm like, 
okay, that seems like a bit of a jump. Right. A bit of an extreme reaction. I get it. She's super powerful, but like she just goes off the rails. And this was like the first day. They're like, we're talking about internment camps for the mutants. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this. I don't I'm know. Tr- it's, it's like, how did I've they get the- from like not knowing to knowing to happy with the mutants? Like, we're cool with them living in a commune with their superpowers to internment camps. Like, how did they even get to happy point in the little amount of time we've had since the last movie. Like, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It does not track well. Well, I'm trying to think where they were. At the beginning. It's been a while since I've seen the first one. I'm because I remember Jean Grey talking to Congress. Hmm. I'm trying. I'm just trying to think where they were politically at that time, as far as like how well they. I mean, they, they knew of they had by then. Yeah, they had Beast right. in office. Well, that's yeah, that's in like the he third was, one. Yeah, he was holding a political office. Yeah. That's another weird thing. Is as far as this timeline goes, like where's Beast been for like the first two movies now? If he was right, well, I mean, with the with how we left off on this movie, he could have just been like, "Fuck it, I'm out. I'm just gonna disappear for a while." Yeah, I'm just gonna go do my thing. And what does he decide to stop using a serum and be Beast full time? Yeah, that's something I totally forgot until I watched the movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, he can turn it on and off. I, for, I forgot. But, yeah, I think I remember something about the yeah. serum because that's he, also how he, Professor X could name, walk. What is the name of the actor? Yeah, but I don't... Days I, of Future Past, I, I still think. never really understood how his powers suppressed his ability to walk. If anything, you'd think he'd be able to walk because of his powers. The right. mental power of... Make, I don't know. Right. Well, he gets shot by a bullet and is paralyzed. Right. Somehow the serum is taken... Suppresses his brain powers and lets him walk. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. They talk about it in Days of Future Past. Yeah, it basically, yeah, allows the power, allows the ability well, I, to I use his legs again. But I think the takes, serum, the point of the serum, is to repair, like, repair mutations and re- basically the what side effect is repairing damaged tissue, but only like not permanently, which is weird. Yeah. I don't Man. know. But basically, it's like not you can have one or the other. You can have all the brain power and walk, or and not walk, or you can walk and have none yeah. of it. Uh, yeah, it's just, it doesn't make much sense. Like, at least they try to explain it so that there's something. But it's I mean, whatever they say in Days of Future Past, I bought it fine, whatever. Because yeah, he walks for a while, then eventually he goes back to full time wheelchair. Because yeah. he just needs to u- use that mind. Mm. I'd, now, now, while we're on this topic of Professor X. What the hell? Like they really didn't do a good job with him in this movie. No, like, he's just kind no. of. A- in fact, I was what? by the end of the movie, I was kind of not on his side, like at all. I was like, he's being kind of a dick this whole movie. Yeah, I'm like, is this like he gets humbled? Like he's pretty humble for the first few, and then what? Success went to his head. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't yeah. think of it as much as being a. Dick, but I just I don't know underutilized him. He he was just kind of written weird in this one. Uh, there's that one scene where like middle of the day. I mean nothing wrong with the nap, but like Beast I think it was comes in. He's just taking a nap on a couch. It just seemed odd and out of place for some reason. Yeah, yeah. During school hours, the principal's just kind of chilling like that, just napping. Yeah, got nothing better to do. Yeah, gonna, I don't know. Nap, they, I they did treat him weird in this. But the ending, deciding it was like done with the school, we're gonna rename it in the memory of Gene, the Gene Gray School, and call it good. Yeah, again, ignoring canon, Xavier School for the Youngsters. We're just gonna rename it Gene Gray School for Youngsters. I'm like, what? Yeah, I oh like so. Raven's dead. The school is completely different. 
Professor X just not even there. It. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Disappointing it's... in how they handled this whole timeline. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be one long road. Minus after Days of Future Past, minus X three of the original trilogy. It's supposed to be X Men one, two, and then the other ones. But here we are. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think here. What are some things? I'm trying to think some more stuff that more stuff that annoyed us. Um, oh, I have one more big one, but that's for like that like to, like that happened at like the, the very the end. ending. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about so. I actually like this a lot. Um, Magneto's kind of island world was kind of cool with like, yeah, just uh, a commune. Like, what would you call it? Mutant rejects just hanging out. Yeah, together. I mean, it was it was just a, a little community there. A, yeah, I like that. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought now, it was a really the ones cool that come along point. with them were kind of funny. Like, I think we talked about this before we started recording. The guy with dreadlocks. Yeah, dreadlocks are a mutation now. Like my dreadlocks come to life and will. I know that's like a weird Medusa slash Timmy Turner from the Fairly Odd Parents, like armpit hair thing going on. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, super weird. One of the best things about these new movies, like, you can introduce new mutants with crazy powers. And this one is just like, all right, what's this guy going to do when they start using their powers? He whips his hair really hard and can stab people with him. Like, my dreadlocks come to life. Check it out. Yeah. Super weird. And I'm just like, I can't. I just like. I was laughing, like, comedically. Like, that is just funny. Like, it's not even cool. It's just hilarious. Like, I know. what the hell? Yeah, and then the other... so gr- much opportunity. Like, the aesthetics of all those mutants that were just chilling there, like, doing the farming and stuff. One dude with big old ram's horns on his head. Like, so much you could have done in that scene alone. Like, just there when Jean Grey comes to see him, like... So much that could have happened, mm-hmm. right? That you could have been, you, you could right have over. seen a bunch of them using their powers to like till the fields, do all this cool stuff. But yeah. now they're just using tools. Just nothing really is happening. Yeah, just to out. indicate that they're actually mutants. And one thing, like yeah, the other mutant, like his command, like the person that can te- telepathically communicate with people, mm-hmm. they don't do a good job of showcasing when she's using her power. Like in Jean Grey, she's a telepath. You know when she's using her powers. Mm-hmm. But you can't really tell what exactly the other girl's doing except for when she's communicating and her eyes like are flickering. But when she's actually like controlling people, you they don't do a good job of indicating that's what's happening. Uh, they, right. Not, not really. What did you think of Nightcrawler in this one? <laughs> Oh, oh wow, that's what I was saving to yep. like for the end fight scene. Uh, what well, they do well, we can save to that because I do okay. want to talk about the the end a lot. Yeah, the last the last. Um, Let's see. Is, is there any uh, burning things that we need to talk about before the end? Leading up to the end act, I don't know because what have we talked about here? Um, as far as just like Sophie Turner, I already told you I just do not like her as Jean Grey whatsoever. J Law's Mystique, I'm not a fan of. Um, oh, what'd you guys think of uh, speaking of J Law? What'd you think of her? Nice line there she had towards X. All the women always saving the lives of the men. Should probably consider changing the name to X women. Yeah, it was just another weird, weird Bowie ploy towards feminists. And uh, I'm like, is this? It was okay. Like, like, is this chick sleeping with the director? Out of out of context, it sounds bad. In context, it still sounds really bad and hammy. I'm just like, yeah, it was hammy. Cause like you know the the X the X Men yeah I mean like it was made up in the nineties but even in the nineties it still had men and women Daniel it's X Men has been around since like the sixties or I'm sorry the sixties yeah I don't know why I said nineties sorry nineties cartoon but <laughs> no but it's it's they got the X gene so that's why they, that's where the X comes from because that's what makes mutants is the X gene and it's just men for mankind 
Yeah. The X of mankind. But if you call it X Man, it sounds weird. So X Men sounds better. Yeah. And sounds it's way just, better. And it's just it's what we've known for like fifty years. It's just a brand name, but always like, you know. Always, yeah. Jean Grey is still like from the very beginning, still one of the biggest heavy hitters of the X Men. You know, they don't downplay the women in these. Well, maybe no. Well, this, this has always been a, this has always been about men and women coming together, fighting for the greater good of mankind. Yeah. As far as what it, what this whole thing is, this world has always been about. But yeah, now they're trying to politicize. Like, let's call it X women or X people. Like, to be get fair, out of here. X Men have always been politicized for because you know allegory for racism, but they're politicized in a different way, and it's just yeah. It didn't. It, it was, was it was pandering towards whatever the hot topic of the generation is. And all I can so say is it was cringy as hell. Cringy as hell, and I just what? Oh my no, God. it was a it was a weird line, it, and it just didn't work. Super forced, super forced. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so that was the. Let's see here, what else do we have before we move on here? Dreadlock dude. Um, I don't know. Yeah, let's move on. I guess to the third act here. I, I guess that starts off with when they're all loaded on trains. Well, I guess it starts off when uh, they go to confront Jean and like Magneto's going to go kill her. Right, which is like the third act is the most exciting. Feels, uh, excuse me, feels unearned because the first two acts are not exciting. Not yeah. at all. And not anything's happening. But at least in the third act, you get a really cool, get some prolonged fight scenes. Love, Still love Magneto. Yeah. I mean, Michael Fassmer, especially with his cool helmet and like not even full. Although I felt like his his helmet became red in like Days of Future Past or something. So I don't know. But maybe an apocalypse. Yeah. I again, I kind of wish I had seen Apocalypse before this, just to kind of refresh my memory. Right, but at the same time, this movie ignores all of it, so it wouldn't have. Mattered. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like I like you said, Michael Fassbender, one of the best characters in this. Too bad they fucking misused the hell out of him. Right. And I thought that first opening fight scene outside of that building was okay. Like, I don't think the X-Men were using their powers to their, as much as they could have. Especially, yeah. like, Storm. I feel like yeah. they all could have been kicking the I ass. I mean, Storm was pretty badass when he pulled the subway out of the ground. That part was awesome. I when, did not see that what, coming. When that's coming out of the ground. Out what he was doing. Yeah. I was like, what? the hell could he possibly be I thought he was like a whole bunch of pipes were going to come out and he's going to use them as spears but no it just right. pulls the subway I'm like okay that was very cool yeah it pulls the whole subway yeah, up yeah cuz I was like what's coming out of the ground there right? yeah I was thinking, I like, like is he... this like re- rebar or something like that he's pulling up but yeah then when uh, the whole subway train comes up I'm like oh that's cool yeah he's just like use it as a battering ram and also to block the entrance so no one else can come in yeah yeah so that, that part was pretty cool but yeah all the other ones like using their things and you know by this time beast is on his side like yeah let's go kill her yeah, mm-hmm. and they're like, Psychops like, no, it's my girlfriend. Stop. Yeah, no, I yeah. love her. Yeah, it's like, no. He's always been whiny <laughs> as hell though, even in yeah. the first ones. Yeah, not like this. And that's what oh, that's been one of my biggest peeves of these movies, especially these newer ones, is Cyclops being such a little just whiny. He's just whiny, whiny. whiny baby. It's yeah, at least okay. To be fair, in the Again, just keep going back to the th- first three just because it's technically all in the same timeline. Yeah, Cyclops, uh, while he is a whiner, especially when it comes to Gene, and especially Wolverine or anybody that gets in between him and Gene, he whines the hell out of it. But different than these movies, he still like gets up and he's like, all right, well, I'm still a leader of this God fuck- godforsaken team. 
and he just like leads him, whether he likes it or not. And in this one, he's just like, I mean, I guess technically he's not that leader yet, but he's just like just and the, and all the one. And this one's like, okay, all right, Raven, what do you want to do? Raven, you call the shots. Yeah, which I mean, I in my mind that still tracks. That still totally makes sense because I mean she was a part of the original team and eventually she. At the same time though, like cycles out and her and Xavier are kids when they meet. They grow up and then they meet these other kids, which still doesn't line up. Because and now Xavier's they're all the same age looking. Right. You could argue that when she's in her human form, she just makes herself she's, look younger. She just goes for twenty something every time, even though she's right. eighty. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's arguable. Great but again, thing about Mystique is uh, I get older and she stays the same age. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. I just love her character way more, especially in X2. She's just so cool. Oh, she kicks so much ass in X2. Yeah. Uh, but, all right, moving yeah. on here. I did like, so I guess that other girl just kind of like Rogue touches in. She can absorb the power. She tries to absorb the power of the Phoenix. The uh, Jennifer Ch- or the... Right. Well, I mean, those the the alien characters they had. I mean, they had. um, What's the word I'm going for? Shape shifting. They have shape shifting abilities. They had a weird like um, telekinetic powers. They had. I we don't know the scope of what powers they had at all. Yeah, I don't have any idea who these people are. No, they just like scope of their powers. They know that they've integrated into human society and culture like in politics and all kinds of things but we don't know anything as to you know what their entire scope is so we didn't have any context as to how she was just like taking those powers from Jean when she yeah. made contact with her which and, was and like, they all do frustrating and confusing. Your powers. yeah and they all do it the same way that like what I guess they have Maybe it makes sense if they're like in political power that they have to kill the person they assume the identity of. But like, especially those right. people who are just supposed to be like at a house, just having fun. Right, you could have just, just like been party. them and just walked away. No one would have fucking noticed. Right, right. But then they just twist their chest every time they kill somebody. I'm like, okay, that's yeah, it's kind also of weird. weird. Okay, yeah, actually, I just I'll, thought I'll of, forgive that. It's just their thing. I just yeah. thought of a a like that I thought was cool because i don't think we saw that as far as like how jean gray uses her powers when she's on the run sitting in the bar when she makes contact with the alien is she's projecting an image of herself as like an old man yeah that That was was pretty cool cool. and and then it just goes to her just sitting there i'm like okay that's that that's cool i've never seen her use her psychic abilities like that but that would make sense she's projecting like this is what i want you to see me as Mm -hmm. so i thought that was cool Good way to hide. Yeah, just kind of an aura of mind control, like, to anyone near her that was like, this is what I look like. Yeah. Some old guy getting sloshed. Yeah. Some day drinking. Uh, that's so funny. As far as, let's go back to the ending here. So they put things around their, I, I, I guess it's kind of the same thing they put around their necks in a the inhi- Deadpool. Yeah, the inhibitors. Yeah. The inhibitors. And then that's fine. They're dragging, er, dragging everybody by the neck. That yeah, that was pretty that was That was real weird. That just like, you, you couldn't pick them up. You couldn't yeah, drag two, them. Two of you can't you pick them up. Just drag them, them by, by the neck. neck. Like, <laughs> like, oh. like they're totally unconscious. You're you right. have an inhibitor on them. Pick them up and carry him, you lazy ass. Like, that was just so weird. Uh, like funny. one guy, too. Not like a bunch of people. Just one guy per mutant dragging them by a collar on their neck while they're unconscious. Pretty like, at ease, too. Like they, yeah, I'm like, those people are heavy. Yeah. For sure. Not light people. Know. Like, 
I did like some of that tra- not the train pull. sequence though. So they throw him on a train, and then the train's going, and stuff happens. More of the aliens come and attack. There was some cool stuff that happened on the train. This train scene wasn't too shabby, I thought. No, it cool. definitely showcases Magneto a lot. Which that was, was very awesome. exciting. I think my favorite part of that whole thing is when he has all the guns pointed at the gal and just starts firing yes. like crazy at her. Like That was awesome. That was very cool. It just While they're just interacting pieces of the train just hitting everybody yeah, i will around. say my favorite part though is when they a few of the aliens were on that last car and he just crushes it yeah, yeah i love it he just looks at him he cool. just crushes it and just rips it off and just lets it go that was awesome so that stuff yep. was pretty cool and yes. we did i did like overall as far as uh, nightcrawler goes i liked him in the end sequence quite a bit he was fine in this movie I like Alan Cummings' Nightcrawler better still to this day. Yeah. But this yep. new guy, Me too. it was fine. Yeah, okay. So he wasn't, he wasn't wearing his thriller good, jacket in this one. I think it's a good choice for um, for like a young, yeah. so young version. My thing for Nightcrawler in regards to like, yes, it was very cool in how he was fighting. But for somebody, I mean like in the X2, like I guess, you know, like he does that. He takes out a bunch of people, which... Amazing, amazing beginning scene for a movie. Yeah, that but opening it was sequence in the White House was still just awesome. Yeah, but he like he was doing all that stuff because he like had like some control like with those whatever like they were using. I don't remember exactly, but they were controlling him somehow or making him erratic or something. So in this one, they're not doing that. And Nightcrawler is a deeply religious pacifist type of person, or at least like he doesn't want to do harm if he doesn't have to. And then just some random soldier dies that told him his son was a fan and he starts murdering everybody right was extremely weird for the like shortly after watching Mm -hmm. an entire train full of dudes just get murked by these aliens everyone dying around him and then he just loses his shit all of a sudden because also he slowly walks watches this woman walk up to this guy very slowly and doesn't do anything right and he's just standing there watching the whole thing like oh What's going to happen? Okay, and then he dies. And then he's like, is it in the train? Like in the, the train? Okay, yeah. Yeah, the guy that set, him, when that the lead set all the guys free. Chick, okay. She's like walking slowly towards the soldier that's firing his gun at her. And then she just kills him. And then the whole time. He could have done something. Nightcrawler could have done something. He's just like perched up on the top of the train. Just looking just at it. Watching like, it. <gasps> I know. I'm like, you what? just, What's you could have dipped in, dipped out, left him on the side of the train tracks and dipped back. I did like him putting that one guy in front of the train, though. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was fun. <laughs> that was cool. Just but, <laughs> but, after. So this this scene has some really cool parts to it. But uh, as far as the ending battle with Jean Grey, I guess it's just Alien versus Jean Grey this time. I guess the alien gal took half her powers. Yeah, and then like a little taste is what they say. Taste. It was just I don't know. It was just Which, so, so basically it was Phoenix versus Phoenix. I was just waiting for the Martha moment to happen. I was like, "Where's the Martha moment?" I just, I know it's gonna happen. Yeah. Basically, like the whole like, let me, let's just hug it out and let me steal your powers. I mean, that was kind of the Martha yeah. moment. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, okay, after that huge climactic fight, it like declimaxes to like at the power plant or wherever the hell they were. And I'm like, okay, you should have just had this moment on the train when we were still hyped from that cool fight scene. But instead, like that that section just clearly ends, and then they're just at this place. That's because they want everybody gathered around to watch. Yeah. I know, and then you see her just, like, turn to dust, like, 
a bunch the rest yeah, of the aliens. Like very, and then very they had that weird, for not sure. really like, a fight like, scene. Uh, okay. With, with I will say one positive though, because I thought the train when the train scene happened, and they were on the train. I thought we were only like halfway done. Like this is the beginning of the second half. Because I looked at my watch and I was like, oh my god, we still got another hour or so to go. But no, we didn't. No. So yeah, this is under two hours. I was like very, very. Let me, I was that. pretty happy about that, but also at the same time, I, I marked on my watch when I would have walked out had I not been with people. What time is that? 30 minutes in. 30 minutes in. <laughs> I don't what's, even, what's, I can't, what's scene? I can't remember what particularly happened. I think it was when they first... Jennifer Lawrence in the picture? <laughs> it might, well, I don't know. It it, <laughs> it might have been when he picks up the phone and like, hello, president? Yes, we're the mutants. We'll go to space for you. Hangs up the phone. And I'm just like, I'm fucking... That was okay, in my so, first ten minutes. I, okay, so like it, I yep. okay, so it it probably was a little layered than that. Like there had to be some other thing that just broke the rest of the canon that I'm just like, Mystique dying. I don't know. I don't know. Like it was before Mystique dying though. I just can't remember what it was. And I'm like, thirty minutes in, fuck. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So yeah. So Jean Grey is dead, and yeah, they renamed the school after her, and Xavier goes off on his own to do God knows what. Play chess with uh, play Magneto. Chess. Which I, I actually like that last scene with them. That was kind of cool. Yeah. And that's the last we'll ever yep. see of them as far as those actors go playing the roles, I'm sure. because yeah, as long as there's not some sort of political motivation behind whatever it is that they're doing, they're, you know, they play chess. <laughs> Which I'm fine with. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, I said, they're they, frenemies. Like, they still care a lot for each other, even when yeah, they're like they super just old stand and stand on opposite sides of certain political standpoints. And I mean, they're both fighting for basically the same thing, just two different ways. Yeah, two sides to the same coin. Yeah, that's what that's they are. What it is, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that end scene was fine. Happen to be a mutant in a mutant latent universe like the X Men, I would probably be on a side that was a little bit closer to Magneto's, but it's. Sounds a little social justice warrior-y, in my opinion. That's kind of what he is. Mm. Eventually, in the later or in the original three. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. As far as like they're all against us, must yeah. fight and destroy. Yeah. Well, Magneto eventually goes but, to but, like. But, a... but would you find yourself complaining about Katy Perry's shoe line? What? She has a shoe line. Yeah. What? I, I, I haven't heard about this. It's different, different day, different episode. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a like as long as you're not complaining about that, I'm just wondering how like how oh, far down care. the the SJW hole you'd go. Oh no. <laughs> no, I, I mean just like if I was mutant and had powers, I'd definitely be on. She, that she side. had a shoe line with like nine different colors, one of them being black, one of the most common shoe colors ever, and they yeah. all had like cute little eyeballs on all of them to make them look like faces. But the, the black one was problematic. That's problematic. Problematic. Not yeah. the yellow ones, though. That's not no, problematic. No, not the yellow, not the white, not I the pink. Hate, I hate that word. I've learned I've learned to hate that word. Like, just say what you're thinking. Don't say problematic like, is it racist? Do you think it's racist? Say that. Don't say, mm, it's problematic. It, it reminds me of something, though, so therefore I want it gone because it reminds me of something. Yeah. Hey, we're not going uh, down that route, but yeah, yeah like <laughs> that's a whole different, <laughs> a whole different podcast. It's just interesting that Katy Perry became relevant again. <laughs> I mean, She's, I'm cool with that. I I know you Me are. Me too. <laughs> Ow. Yeah, you're on your own on this one, Daniel. That's fair enough. But you that's can go back to your Jonas Brothers. KP's my girl. Yeah, but Kevin's like the one for me. I believe it. <laughs> 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 
How much would you be disappointed if I told you I have the CD in my car right now? Okay, well, I, I don't, don't doubt it. Wouldn't even blame you. Yeah, I don't I, even care. I, I don't have the CD in my car. Yeah, I just thought you know, I'd, fine. I'd I, ask. I'm trying to think, what's, what's my guilty music choice? Lady Gaga. No, she's just pure so. genius talent. Okay, so. I feel like she used to should have been like used to be like your guilty pleasure, and then she got like more legit over time and grew as an artist, as you should. She dropped the electronic stuff and just started using her voice more. And hell her yeah, Jolene album, I think it is. Like, Joanne. Joanne, yeah. Yes, her Joanne album, her Star is Born album, her I don't know her redo of. Your song from Elton John was amazing. Her huh. singing frickin' Zeppelin on the Stern show was amazing. I haven't heard that. Oh, it's, uh, it's I legit. Just, I don't she sings some Black Dog girl. in front of Stern, like just like a verse or two, but it's, oh, it's amazing. It's hmm. so good. Interesting. Anyway, um, right. yeah. So let's wrap this up here because it is hot as hell in this room. We are up to 83 degrees right now. It is really Woo! warm. I'm sweating. Damn. Uh, but yes, X-Men Dark Phoenix, I would think we're all in agreement here. Don't bother if you don't want to. I mean, I saw it, one, just for the show, but two, just like, I've seen every X-Men movie in theaters since 2000, so why not? Yeah. Right. But overall, if, you, if you're kind of on the fence, don't bother. Rent it. Netflix it. Right. I wouldn't, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't even do that. Far, see it, far, see <laughs> it second run if you have to. See it when it comes out on Netflix. I, it's not... Not a must-see, not an in-theater see. So. Not worth the 11 friggin' dollars I paid for as it. As far as entertainment goes, I give it 5 out of 10. A few good scenes here and there as far as action goes, especially the, tra- the train scene was cool. There was some good stuff that happened on the train scene, so action-wise and entertainment-wise, I give it 5 out of 10. Grade-wise, though, as far as story goes, and as far as not being canon, characters that I should recognize and just don't even recognize anymore as far as their motivations and things like that, I don't know. I give this a solid D. It's just a straight up D. It's not a complete failure. There's enough. All right. I mean, if it was like two and a half hours long, it'd definitely be an F. Oh, like, why do we need to be <laughs> strung along that long? But I give this a D. Solid D. Connor? Uh, I think I would go four out of ten. As far as entertainment goes, okay. Yeah, four out of ten because I just I was not wowed. There wasn't anything that really stood out to me. What, the dreadlocks didn't do um, it for you? <laughs> It was neat for like, ooh, that's cool. Next. All right. <laughs> Show me something cool. But um I just went for a scene with him where like his dreadlocks are brushing his teeth and shaving his face. <laughs> right. <laughs> I couldn't even tell if he was just good. slapping them really hard or if they turned sharp and started stabbing people. I could right. not tell. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Yeah, they just did not even focus I was on just, him. That I just hard. remember looking at his dreadlocks coming alive and being like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, four out of ten entertainment value. Uh, and I think I would agree with you on the D status of letter grade. Straight up D. And yeah. Daniel, you. All right. Well, I'm just going to go three out of ten. Like I said, I was ready to go at half an hour in. Um, and just solid D. Like, I just was not whelmed. Not whelmed at all. Like I said, the train scene was cool, but unearned because the first two acts were shit. And this movie just ignores even the own established canon that, like, the new X-Men movies established for some yep. reason. Yeah. Um, I think it's safe to say, as far as X-Men goes, I love X-Men 1, X-Men 2, First Class, Days of Future Past, and Logan. Those five right there are my favorites of the X- this universe. Yep. couple in between that are just okay. Then there's a couple really pooey ones. Dark Phoenix, 
probably Apocalypse and probably Days of Future Past still are the Pooey ones. Leaving, I guess, Origins and the Wolverine as just okay. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I would definitely call X-Men Origins the Pooey ones. Definitely. I'd but have to see it again. I, I haven't seen it in years. I need so. to watch X-Men Days of Future Past again because I loved it when I watched it in theaters. Like I, Yeah, I, I loved great. it when I saw it. So, but you're calling that one of the poo ones. I'm like, oh, I should probably watch it because I saw it in like 2015 when it came out. Some, somewhere around like 2014, I called Apocalypse. Wait. You said Days of Future Past was pooey. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. That's one of my top five. Oh, well... You guys oh. misheard. No, no, X-Men. that's what you said. It's what well, you said. I'll rewind later. No, X-Men <laughs> 1, X-Men 2, First Class, Days of Future Past, and Logan are my solid five right there. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, that it's, makes more sense now. Pooey ones are X3, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix here. And then the Just Okay ones, Origins, and The Wolverine. Yeah, see, that makes way more sense. Yeah, but I think you, ca- you, you, you called you, you, you did pooey. slip up for a second. Are you sure? I'm you pretty did. sure. I, I mean, you, you'll, you'll figure it out later. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I think, yeah. So there's been some good ones still. I love this universe. It's a good universe. But yeah, I guess I'm just curious what they're going to do as far as integrating this into the MCU. As far from what I've gotten gathered from the uh, Spider Man trailer. Mysterio coming from an alternate universe tells me that's where the X-Men are going to be kept in an alternate universe because otherwise why haven't we heard of them by now in the MCU? Yeah, but it's the only thing is like maybe the snap like even though, you know, it ripped a hole in the time-space continuum, maybe it also like started like the mutant gene, maybe. Potentially, yeah. Maybe cuz I mean there was something that happened that was supposed to kickstart like the As as long basically. as it still feels like your good old X-Men like I don't know. I wish Patrick Stewart was like 20 years younger. Right. No kidding. That would be awesome to see him reprise the role as Xavier. Side note, weird little nitpicky thing that I noticed during the movie was that um, Professor X was moving his wheelchair with a controller on his chair. Uh-huh. That bugged me a little bit because he never did that in the first three. He used moved his chair with his mind. Are you but, sure? I'm pretty yep. sure I, I remember a stick in the first couple. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know. It's been was. too long. I'm pretty sure. I'll have to I double check. Maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I don't know. I don't know. I just know in the cartoon he's got his hover chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which so also cool. something I just thought about. Hopefully, Disney Plus. Uh, they'll put the '90s X-Men show on it because they own it. Hopefully, I still might That'd buy it cool. on Blu-ray or well, I don't They do I, not have it on I Blu-ray. Yeah, I checked. Bam. They sell it in volumes, and there's like eight. Oh, gosh. Mm. Just put a box set out already. I know. I was really surprised they don't have a box set of that cartoon. That's too bad. All right. Well, shall we close up here? Yeah, I think. Looks sounds like Diesel. Oh, it's going to ask Daniel. So Diesel around. How would you stack this up to Aquaman? (sighs) Aquaman's still below this movie, but at the same time, a Jonas Brothers documentary should not be above an X-Men movie. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, wow, that's uh, that's where we're at. <laughs> Wait till you watch the Flat Earthers. Oh God, yeah, it's just yeah. a sign of the times. <laughs> All right, time. well, let's uh, get out of here. I'm hot as hell and whoa, need whoa, some whoa, fresh Jordan, air. Before, uh, you know, you, we made a bet about how bad this movie was going to oh, be. Oh my gosh, yes, good job, Daniel. All right, for reminding me here. So yes, last week Daniel and I took a bet here. We were trying to guess the Rotten Tomato score, and whoever got closest was going to. Assign the other guy a movie. I was very much way too optimistic. I gave it a 70%. So, I'm going to pull it up here. That's a ballsy move. Daniel said 71%, actually, for 
Wonderful. X-Men Dark Phoenix. That's I said horrific. 45% because I just like, I mean, I figured this might even be in the teens, but I'm like, eh, who knows? I mean. 23%. Actually, what it was Connor, when checked it last. can you check on your phone what the, the scores right now is for it? I don't know. Do you have Wi-Fi I can log on to? All right, hold on. I don't know. That I just well, I just don't want to because if we here. if we bet again for the next week, I don't want to see anything because we're gonna bet oh, on men in black. That's a good point. Oh, so stay on. off, Daniel. Don't okay. touch. All right, I'm. I will. Man, I hope that's good. I'm looking forward to that one. I hope so too. But yeah, I don't. I don't want to see anything else that I don't want to see. So yeah, can you look up the current score for yes. Dark Phoenix? I think it's in the twenties. It's twenty three percent. Connor's gonna confirm for a second. us. Okay, take your time. Take your time. I give you the Wi-Fi password, but I'm gonna have to hit pause real quick so nobody else hears it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard about your neighbors listening to your podcast? And hey, the other the guy, one of his neighbors, is a fucking weirdo. He sits at one of his windows and just stares out into the neighborhood with a telescope. Hey, it's what Clark did in a barn. That's uh, okay. Yeah, it was weird back in Smallville. <laughs> Which again, All right. also, it's still weird. You guys ready? <laughs> yep. He was in love. Right. Tomato meter. All right. 23%. 23%. So that would, I believe, make Jordan, myself, the winner here. Yeah. So I get to assign Daniel Audience a movie. Score is surprising. That he, he's going to watch in the next week and give us a little report on next time. Daniel, I've been wanting you to watch this uh, movie with Leonardo DiCaprio in it for quite a while now. It's three hours long. You've been thinking you're too good for it because you're like, I know how it ends. I don't need to watch it. However, I was like, yeah, I'll kind of give him, maybe I'll wait for the winter time to assign him that one because it is three hours. But then I was like, ah, hmm. I don't know. So I got three movies in mind here. So I was thinking of Titanic. I was thinking of The Wolf of Wall Street and The Revenant. All three hour DiCaprio movies. Have you not watched any of those? Uh, Titanic, fuck no. Wolf of Wall Street, I watched half an hour of it, paused it because I went to the bathroom where I saw I had three more hours, and I'm like, no, not, I didn't, and I never went back to it. And then The Revenant, Man. I just have your grandma's glowing review, because she thought it was a religious movie, and she was surprised. <laughs> she was sorely mistaken. Hmm. Uh, my vote would be for Wolf of Wall Street, for him to finish that. But then again, I do want to see him squirm a little, and I want to make him watch Titanic. <laughs> Yeah, so either way, he's got a three-hour DiCaprio movie. I'm just trying to think, like, meeny, meeny, miny, mo. I don't know. Should we go easy on him this week and make him watch one of the better of the two, three? I mean, they're all good movies, in my opinion. Yeah, I like all three of them. Daniel, this week you're watching? If, if you had your choice, which one would you pick of the three? No, he doesn't get a say in this. Yeah. I just want to <laughs> hear what he would pick. What right. I would pick whichever's the shortest. Well, they're all three hours, so you're kind of out of luck there. Yeah, so not based on time. No, that's it. <laughs> all right, you're the worst. I know. <laughs> it's the same same reason that blocks me from watching the Lord of the Rings movies. I don't want to sit down and commit three and a half hours. Wait, you've seen what it, right? better do you have going <laughs> no. on? Never seen Lord of the Rings. Only the first one. Well, maybe oh I should God. assign you extended edition of. Fellowship of the Ring, and then give you a four-hour assignment. And he's in a movie podcast. Like, what? 
This what is, is happening? This, this is why I know we're. Or I apologize, audience, but this is why we're, we need to do a list of top ten movies where Shane was a say we've never seen because this would be hilarious. Dude, I, could, I could name off like a top five right now. All right. Uh, well, I mean, Lord of the Rings is half of them. Yeah, but I watched all the Hobbit movies because I love the Hobbit book. So it's just it's very it just makes it so much worse. You're an animal. I know. Well, I'm gonna go semi easy on you this week, Daniel. You are going to watch The Wolf of Wall Street. All right. That's not a bad sentencing. Fair enough. It's I mean, not. I know I'll probably enjoy it, but it's just a big time commitment. It's and okay. I probably won't want to break it up. You can watch it part one, part two. Uh, that's fine. I mean, it's a, it's a life story of somebody. So, yeah, you can div- divide it up a little bit. But, yes, DiCaprio's in it. Margot Robbie's in it. Josh Brolin. Jonah Hill. Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill yeah. Yes. All in it. Good movie. Enjoy. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. So why don't why don't we uh, check since, since we have Connor here? Let, why don't we bet on something for next week? Because I would uh, love to reassign him something next week. Also, maybe Titanic next week if he's lucky. Oh. So are we doing bets for? Well, I would say if you haven't seen the score yet, which I haven't, why don't we bet on the new Men in Black coming out next I week? I have not seen the score. I've not seen any score for it. I didn't see it. Would you like to? Uh, I literally just looked up specifically the Dark Phoenix. And why don't you start looking up? up straight why don't you start, while we decide? Why don't you start looking up the score for Men in Black International right now? Right now? Yeah. See where it's at. Yeah. Baseline. Don't tell us. All right. So, all right. The fourth one in the series. This one looks fun though. It looks fun. You got Chris Hemsworth. You got uh, Valkyrie. <laughs> I can't remember her name. Yeah. I don't know. Could be great. I don't know if it's going to be like A plus great, but I don't think it's going to be trash either. Yeah, I mean, like I already have, almost, I essentially already have a number locked in. Okay. Because I, I'm like, I recently when we were pl- looking at Rotten Tomatoes, I looked up the ones for the first three, and the first one highly rated, second one dips way down, third one comes back up. This and, one looks like it's going to maybe level off. Yeah. I'm going to say, I wish we'd write it down first. While he's looking it up, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna write mine down here. I'm looking for the the series. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. just just look up uh, Rotten Tomato score for Men in Black International. I mean, you can go to RottenTomatoes.com. It, they might not even have a score yet, but it, it does not have a score. Ah, oh, shit. I was gonna say, don't tell us till we put our guesses down. I already wrote mine down. All right, what's your guess? I'm just going. I mean, it doesn't have one yet, so okay. yeah, that kind of gives it away though. Well, sometimes. So I'm guessing 70% on the, and this is going to ride purely on the charisma of Chris Hemsworth, which he has a lot of. Okay. And, you know, like in, I know that the first one's like in the 90s, the second one's like way down, and then the third one's like 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm assuming this one might be a little bit more fun and enjoyable than the third one or the same area. So I'm I'm, just going 70%. I'm hoping it's good. Not having a score yet. Here it is four days before release. Kind of scares me. But I'm going to say barely fresh at 62. So I wrote down 62% here. Okay. We'll see what happens. So, yeah, I think we're, we're kind of close. We'll see what happens. I, I think it's going to be just barely fresh. But, yeah, it looks. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's good. I want it to be good. Yeah, I think I'll probably end up going seeing it with Daniel this weekend. So... All right, well, 
Why don't we uh, get out of here? Um, Connor, let everybody know where, where can they find you. If anybody want to look you up and talk to you, where can they uh, find you? You can find him on Hinged. At <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Grinder. <laughs> yeah, you find me on my my Plenty of Fish account at. Um, <laughs> uh, now you can find me on Instagram. Just come to the Oregon City area and see. swipe. What is my What is my username? Oh yeah, Instagram at K E R N N E R R R. It's Kerner. Kerner. That's okay. awesome. All right. That's pretty much that's that's where I live. That's all I got. Daniel, where the where can they find you? Me? I don't use my Instagram. I only use our uh, our company Instagram. Well, what is it? <laughs> well, you can find us at movies and brew or movies underscore brews at Instagram and Twitter. But we're always more in, or more active on Instagram. Awesome. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here. That was uh, Dark Phoenix. Sorry we rambled on for so long, but we just had to get it out of our system. Sorry we had to break the bad news. Yeah. Hopefully this was more entertaining than the movie itself. It's almost as long as the movie itself, so we better get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Hopefully this went by faster than the movie, though. Yeah, so next week we'll be talking Men in Black International. Till then, we'll see you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers! 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 Cheers!